This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Cindy Vizcaino Villa, who is Senior Vice President for Administration and Finance at Cal Poly. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Megan. You've been at Cal Poly, I think you said just about eight months. Tell us, right. how you, tell us how you got there. Well, I I'd spent uh, the last 28 years of my career at the University of Texas at El Paso. Absolutely loved it, enjoyed every minute of it. But after 12 years in the same position, um, it just felt to me that it was time to let someone else take uh, take over the reins and see things through a different perspective. And I, too, was ready for a change. I always thought it would be nice to spend at least part of my career in another university. And when this particular opportunity surfaced, I fell in love with the institution. I fell in love with the area, and it just seemed like the right place for me. So I feel really fortunate to have had this opportunity, and here I am. So eight months is probably not enough time to really feel like you're 100% dialed in. But what's been the most exciting part of this transition to Cal Poly for you so far? I think the most exciting part of the transition is that um, this is an institution that is undergoing a transformation. Um, It had the same leadership uh, at the president's position for 31 years, and um, the previous president did an excellent job. But there's a new um, president in town, and he has been here now for five years, has great ideas and energy and wants to take things in a a different direction. So it's a real time of transformation and change at Cal Poly, and I feel really fortunate to to be a part of this team. I think when we look at this institution five years down the road, we're going to be really amazed and very proud of the things that we've accomplished here. What are some of the priorities at Cal Poly that were different from what you were dealing with at University of Texas? You know, Megan, not a lot different. Uh, We have many of the same challenges, uh, trying to diversify your revenue streams, um, diminishing uh, state support, deferred maintenance, need for new capital um, for for buildings and improvements on campus, Um, always struggling to enhance faculty compensation particularly, but also staff, many of the same challenges, to be quite frank. When you think back over your time at the University of Texas at El Paso, and you were there for how many years? 28. 28 years, which is fantastic longevity in that career path. What would you say were some of the greatest professional lessons that you learned there? Well, I think probably some of the greatest professional lessons that I've learned are the things that we do matter. Everything that we do matters. Um, I've relayed a story to my team on occasion about um, an incident that occurred years ago when I was overseeing the student business services office. And this was a while back when we had in-person registration and in-person payments and so forth. We had a registration going on at our academic services building and all of the systems crashed and went down. 
So it was all hands on deck. All of us went over to help and do what we could. And as I'm walking through the building, I see a young mom with her two kids uh, walking through the building. And she was flustered and her two kids were acting up. And we just went over and helped her and asked if we could do anything to assist her. Um, So we took all her information by hand. We wrote everything she needed, her classes. We did everything on paper. And we took care of her. And when she was leaving, she turned to me and says, you know, I've been wanting to make my way back to school, but I didn't ha- I've, I've not had the confidence. I didn't know if I could do it. So I finally got the courage to come out today. And when everything happened, I just figured it wasn't meant to be. So if we hadn't intervened and helped her when we did, she was about to leave and she might not have come back and resumed her studies. So the things that I, I always try to remind people and that I, it has, I've learned, we may not always be cognizant of it. But everything we do and say has impact. And we have a choice. And we need to be cognizant about it. We need to be cognizant of whether we want that impact to be positive or negative because it is going to affect someone. How did you end up getting into a CBO role? Did you, When you started at University of Texas, is that where you had set your sights? No. In fact, when I first um, graduated from college, I went to work in public accounting. And I was in public accounting for about five years I was fortunate enough to um, land a position at the University of Texas at El Paso as the assistant director of budget and payroll way back in um, the late 80s. And I was really, I really had the good fortune to work for an extraordinary vice president. Um, He has turned out to be one of the greatest mentors in my life and in my career. He was, of course, very competent and very capable in his field. But more importantly, he operated every day with, with joy and enthusiasm for what he did. His attitude was absolutely infectious. Um, he was a great mentor to me and to others. And he he made work fun. You know, we enjoyed what we did. And we had fun. To, you know, we, we did a lot of work. We worked very, very hard. In fact, we were going through a computer conversion. And we all know how difficult that can be. Mm. But we had fun. You know, we enjoyed what we did. And and his, his style of, of management and mentorship resulted in people working as hard as they could because they wanted to do right by him and by the team. So that's. The story is, I guess, that's really how I ended up in higher ed. I mean, we, I, I was in public accounting, and I had this opportunity to go to the university, and I was really fortunate. I, I really feel that I lucked out, if you will. And then when you moved over to the university, did you anticipate staying as long as, as you have in oh, academia? Oh, I did not. I really <laughs> did not. I was 27, 28 years old. I thought maybe I'd be there three to five years, and mm. then I'd move on to the next position, and Um, But what I didn't anticipate, Megan, is that I absolutely loved higher education, and I still do. There are very few days that I've woken up being in higher education, if any, honestly, that I get up in the mornings and say, God, I really don't want to go to work. I love coming to work every day. It is fun. It is tough at times. It's sometimes overwhelming. But we make a difference, and and the environment that we work in in higher education being surrounded by these students and the, the impact that we have through the work that we do, it's just extremely rewarding. So I, I just have enjoyed the heck out of it. You obviously have an accounting background, but what other skills would you say are really important to be successful as a CBO? I think it's extremely important to have emotional intelligence, to be able to uh, understand and comprehend where someone else is coming from, to be able to kind of get the lay of the land and have a kind of a sense of 
of the team's perspective or your colleague's perspective or your boss. There's just there are intangibles in relationships that you have to have a sense about. So I think it's very important to develop those skills in, in, in terms of having emotional intelligence. I also think you have to um, really work hard at developing those interpersonal relationships because ultimately everything that we do comes back to relationships and we have to spend time cultivating and working on, on the relationships with our team, with our boss, with our colleagues, with the campus and building trust. How do you recommend people do that if they're early on in their career maybe you're thinking about the CBO role for their future. How do people get that experience? Is there Are there mentoring relationships you recommend? Are there other things or resources people mm-hmm. should try to do to expand that skill set? Well, I, I think, um, I think finding, finding someone that you trust and that you respect to help mentor you, maybe more than one person, is always super important in, in, in your growth as a, as a professional and as a, as a person, frankly. And I think that's super important. But I also think you have to just be cognizant and really work at it. You have to think about it and, and be disciplined in working at it. Obviously, you can read up. There's a lot of uh, professional materials that you can uh, find and research and, and, and uh, about emotional intelligence, about building team, about uh, developing relationships and building, uh, you know, uh, trusting relationships in the work environment. But I, I think half the battle is recognizing that it's something that you need to do and then uh, being deliberate and, and in, in pursuing um, those skills. You talked about the fact that you have a new president at Cal Poly and that there's a lot to be excited about. But is there a specific aspect of your work that you are particularly enthusiastic about at this juncture? I think what I've always enjoyed about my work, not just now at this juncture, but I've always enjoyed about it, is that we have such an opportunity to make positive change. Whether it was at, at UTEP and here, what I really love to do is take stock of a situation of an organization and determine where the opportunities are to make it better. We, you know, the campus community relies on us to try to make their lives better, to allow them to do fulfill their mission, whether it be teaching or research or public service. Uh, without having to think a whole lot about what it takes to get someone paid, what it takes to get someone hired, how do I get my office supplies and, and, and things of this nature. So I, I think it's just really important to take the opportunities that we have. At, at, and in my case, Megan, I, I like to think of myself as a problem solver. Mm. Give me a problem and I love to attack it and and take it and improve the process, improve the organization to better support the institution. Anything that keeps you up at night in terms of challenges that you grapple with? I've always said this to my colleagues. I never stay up at night about finances, about organizational structures. What keeps me up at night are the people issues. Mm. When I find a particularly difficult employee issue or even an issue with someone on the campus or, you know, those are the ones that that I find difficult because you can't just fix it. There's no amount of extra work or overtime or money that's going to fix it. Um, we are who we are and a difficult situation requires, you know, sometimes you can't fix it, but it requires work and you have to proceed with care. Um, those are the ones over the years that have caused me angst and worry and that will keep me up at night. What are you doing now in your career that you never imagined you'd be doing, say, 10 years ago? Not any one thing, really. I, I think 
what I would say to me, it's just the CBO position has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. When I first started working in higher ed, um, the CBO role was primarily financial in its focus. Financial management, financial stewardship, budget management, and so forth. And so I think by nature, as I think back on the chief business officers that I met when I first started in higher ed, very conservative in nature, very fiscally focused. Our role over the years has definitely evolved. And a CBO now has to be far more entrepreneurial. You have to be creative and willing to take risks. Our role has gone from primarily being a steward of financial and physical resources to also being a facilitator, a problem solver, an innovator, and a deal maker. The role has definitely changed and become more complex and multifaceted in my opinion. It's it's, it's just an evolution of the role of the CBO from what would typically have been known as a chief financial officer to really an entrepreneur. Well, and and I'm sure that complexity brings additional layers of, of challenge as as, as as well as reward, I'm sure. But when you're talking to CBO colleagues, what do you, what would you say is the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs across the country? There isn't one in particular, but there are a couple that come to mind. And and the first, I think all of us are grappling with um, diversifying our revenue streams mm-hmm. and um, having to um, just come to grips with the fact that the state will not, states and the government will not ever fund higher ed to the to the point that they did at one, uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, so the new normal is that we have to learn to deal without those state appropriations. Yet we have escalating costs every year for, you know, goods and services, health benefits, salaries, and so forth. So it's that grappling with, you know, these escalating costs with not a revenue stream that isn't growing as quickly unless we come up with other ways to diversify that revenue stream. So I think a lot of us are trying to find ways to do that through public-private partnerships, through our auxiliary operations and other creative ideas to to try to increase the, the, the revenue base for the institution. I think the other would be trying to um, be as efficient as we can within the current models for higher education. I, I know there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, that the current traditional model of higher education is, um, you know, slowly going to evolve and move towards distance learning and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. I guess I've found that that's not really the case. I mean, it, we, we do use distance learning in higher ed, but I don't know that it's going to replace the traditional methods. But but I do think that we need to be, we're challenged to find more creative and um, I guess meaningful modalities for our students to provide the service that we provide. For example, is the traditional semester or quarter approach the best way? Do we need to provide mini-mesters? Do we need to provide more um, hybrid courses? I, I think that's tough in higher education. And it's it's tough for a business officer because we're not the ones that are going to drive that change, but we need to try to influence it because that's in the academic realm, of course. But I do think that th- that's a, a, an arena where there is a great opportunity for all of us to improve the way we do business and to provide, um, uh, I guess, better service to our students, it's it's just difficult to get there. 
When you face a specific challenge or when you have faced challenges in the past, where do you turn to for examples or innovation or even inspiration to get yourself over those challenges? One of the things that I do is I reach out to some of my colleagues. Over the years, I've learned that it's just really important to develop a cadre of trusted colleagues that you can call on and um, talk to about problems and issues and frustrations that you might have. Sometimes just to compare notes, how do you do this? So um, I think I call on, on, you know, just a trusted group of friends and, and colleagues that, I, that I, I feel confident in that will provide me good counsel. Um, and I participate with a couple of uh, small business officer groups hmm. that um, we, um, for example, we have a group called Rambo. It's a kind of a funny <laughs> acronym for a group of business officers, but it's called the Rocky Mountain Business Officers. And it's a group of about 15 to 20 business officers. And we get together twice a year. Um, it's not part of a national conference at all. It is just we get together for a day and we just talk. What are the issues that each of us are facing? How do you do this? How do you do that? How have you guys handled this problem? And I have found that that particular forum is one of the most useful that I participate in in, in the year. I mean, I'll participate in Nakubo and Wakubo and the other conferences, and they're all very, very informative and very meaningful but at the CBO level, just that one-on-one dialogue with 15 other colleagues is just invaluable. Any advice you would give to aspiring CBOs? Just to work hard and play hard. You know, um, keep it all in perspective. I mean, there's no substitute, frankly, for doing your homework and for hard work. Mm-hmm. That's one. Number two, none of us ever get to where we are or, or achieve a whole lot of measure of success without the help of others. And never lose sight of that. You need the goodwill and support of others to succeed, whether that be your team, your boss, someone that takes a shining to you and is willing to mentor you and help you in your career. I think that's super important as well. Um, remember that, it, you know, yeah, you, it's on you, but, but the, you know, you need, you need the goodwill and support of others to succeed in life, I think. Um, I think those are the things that I would tell them to keep in mind. Anything else you'd like to share, Cindy, that I've neglected to ask today? Well, I, I guess what I would say, Megan, is that it's it's important for anyone to succeed. And this is a tired saying, I suppose. But you have to enjoy what you do. Mm. You're not going to you're not going to succeed. You're not going to have a great measure of success in life in, in your career, in your chosen career. If you don't really enjoy it, find something that you you know, that that gives you joy. Now, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that every day that I come to work, I find joy. <laughs> but on the whole, I really enjoy what I do. And I feel like I can make a positive difference. I find it very rewarding. I enjoy working pe- with people. I enjoy working with the students on campus and the team. Um, I think that's important for anyone coming up the ranks. Just remember that you, you know, work hard, have fun, have fun, but make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. And if you're not, maybe it's time to rethink your your path. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for your time today and for sharing just a little snapshot of your professional career with us. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. You can find out more about Cindy and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes so that you get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Cindy and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. 
This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.